for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Y'all, you don't know how excited we are right now. Tonight's show is going to be epic. We're going to talk about solo and partner calling. We're going to take live call-in questions on our Elk Bros hotline. We're going to have live questions from our YouTube viewing audience. And uh I think there was one other thing we're going to do tonight. What the heck was it? <laughs> That's right. Tonight, we find out the winners of over $40,000 in prizes for our Elk Bros giveaway. So, my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkBros.com, with your host, Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy the show. And as always, for our blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. And welcome to our Hunt with the Elk Bros Giveaway Winners Show. Six packages. That's six packages over $40,000 in prizes. It's a live show, y'all. Here in a bit, we'll be taking live caller questions, too. So, y'all, come on into Elk Camp and let's rock this house. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, and joining me from tonight's crew is 
the leader of the Venezuelan mafia, Mr. Luis Gonzalez, the northern don of the mafia, Manano Graterón. We've got the legend in the house from Cuesta, New Mexico, Mr. R.C. Knox. And we've got your elk hunting coaches, the ninja, Leroy Chavez, and WWJGD is in the house, Joe Gillia. And I want to welcome our giveaway partner from Springfield, Georgia, the owner and founder of Drifter Trailers, our brother. Mr. Steve Harrell's in the house tonight. Hey, Steve. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. This is the first time you got to meet everybody. Yes, sir. This is cool. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a wild crew, brother. So it's gonna we're gonna have fun tonight, that's for sure. And and you're a big reason, uh a big reason why, Steve. We can't thank you enough for all that you've done for us. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think I thank you guys for what y'all do too. I mean, that's why I'm here for what you guys do. Yeah, we I've been trying to figure that out. Yeah, I've been trying we appreciate to it. <laughs> like, why are you, I mean, okay, all right. The looks on a couple of us, maybe, but you know. <laughs> right. I, I thought you would pay for my fuel for my truck if I said I like you guys. <laughs> I'm here for the gas money. So tell me, Steve, what what even drove you to – because I get an email, and, and for the people that are watching this, guys, first of all, welcome, everybody. I see – let's see, we got Albert Guy, Joe Grosset, Jason Schultz, Ryan the kid is on. Smith, Joel Steck. We've got Bryson – Bryson, what Bryson? <laughs> Rick Grimes. <laughs> Ed Morris is on here. Hey, Ed, all the way from Kentucky. Cody the Kid's on. Jonathan Scott up in Idaho. Vince Martinez. Man, welcome, everybody. Um, but – for you guys that are watching, I get an email out of the blue that says, um, I'd like to partner with you guys and donate a camper to the Elk Bros. And uh, <laughs> honest to God, you can ask Gil, honest to God, yeah. I put it over. I, it was one of those things that you kind of put in the junk mail. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, this can't be real, man. And, and I don't know what happened. You know, we always say there's a reason for everything, right? So, yeah. man, all of a sudden one day I came across it again. It must have been, I don't know. It was a little while after, wasn't it, Steve, that I replied was, to that, right? It was probably a, a, a week or more, a week or two maybe. Yeah. It was a while. And I replied back to it, and I was like, "Would you like to do a phone call?" And uh, well, I remember we talked about it, Joe. You know, you said, "Man, what do you think about this?" I said, "Man, you know, burn the hand, burn the bush. You better call that old boy, see if he's for real. You know, we'll call his bluff." <laughs> and uh, I told Joe, I said, "This is crazy, man." I said, "But we definitely got to run those traps down." You know, uh, so but let yeah. me tell you, dude, I, I give him a call, and it was it wasn't. We weren't five minutes in, man, and we were pals. It was, uh, oh yeah. It's been a pleasure, you know, getting to know you, your personality and, and dude, you fit right in. Well, it's just, well, so I, appreciate, I appreciate that. It's just so humbling, man. You know, Joe and I started this a few years ago and Chav and I mean, it was just kind of, you know, because we wanted to keep Elk Camp real, you know, and, uh, and just to have the outpouring of the, the elk hunting community and the sportsman community. Uh, I, I think 99.9% of all people are pretty good, uh, depending on, you know, 
uh, what their beliefs are and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, the outpouring of people that have come to us and said, man, we want to partner up. And it's just been humbling. I don't know about Joe, but for me, man, it's just been humbling. And the rest of the guys I'm sure can, can sound off to that. I appreciate you guys taking me in on it. Yeah. So and we appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, well, sir. So, so I, I'm going to tell the same story. You know, uh, you're, you're very humble, Steve. And, uh, but we had a good time talking yesterday and, and you were taking me on a tour around the shop. And I tell you what, whoever gets this booger is going to get a solid piece of equipment that's going to go the long haul. Tell us just a little Ab- bit about the camper, man. Abs- well, I don't know really what to say. I mean, like I say, I, I, I can't promote myself. I'm not good at that. <laughs> so let but- me. I'm going to be the other one. I've got an aluminum trailer, and I, I want to tell you, man, my camper trailer, Mr. Harrell, is a one-piece aluminum top on it. Oh, I've been told that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ours, we've, we built this trailer out of necessity. My yeah. trailer caught on fire twice, a commercially made camper. No one would build us a trailer the way we want it, so we built it, and we just make it better and better every time. I mean – everybody in this group could actually stand on the top of that trailer, all, all six of you guys, and it's not going to cave in. You wow. know? Uh, we have the strongest chassis in the market, the toughest bodies, plain and simple. It's, it's the best trailers. But Are you, I don't you like sure to say that, all six, though? Maybe five of us? <laughs> I, I, yeah, maybe five. <laughs> guys are horrible. Steve, don't, we, don't we, let them do hey, that. I didn't though. say which five, Beto. Don't be uh, taking offense yeah, over yeah, stuff I yeah, said. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we can get somebody to stand on the edge. Yeah. I mean, it's real strong at the edges. I might no, push somebody they, off. Hey, which, which, hey! Well, all of our listeners out there, which are y'all going to win it, man? Let me see. Let me see. Uh, yeah, come on. Yeah, I, I want to see some clapping hand. You know, some clapping hands showing who's going to win this thing tonight, man. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be you, Troy. How about you, Bob? Charlie Newberry. I know he's already like saying he's going to take this thing, man. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be very cool. Hey. What I want to do before we get going here, because I know a lot of people are coming in because they want to be able to see who's going to get that prize. But what I'm going to do is I want to set the goals of tonight's show. First of all, first goal tonight, man, is we are going to give away thousands in incredible prizes. We're going to pick us some winners tonight. Second, we're going to talk about elk hunting while taking live caller questions. There, there they go. There's the hands. There, <laughs> they're popping up. <laughs> We're going to take live caller questions, questions from y'all tuning in on YouTube as well. And we have a couple of Elk Bros mailbox questions um, from some listeners on solo or partner calling. Now, for you guys, we're going to put this on here. I'm going to actually type it up, 505-585-2573. And if you'll do me a favor, Manano, Every now and then, retype that so people can see that phone number because that's going to be the call-in number for when we have the live call-in, just so they can continue to see that number. So Manano can handle the numbers in English. She'll be in charge of logging them questions for the uh, the live chat. on, on uh, yeah, Trying YouTube. to keep up, man. The guys are all fired up. I know it, man. Chatting away and... Getting to know each other and 
Hey, man, I'm saying the Gila Ridge Runner was on here. The Gila Ridge Runner's on there, bro. That's one of our elk hunting coaches that works with the Hunt Wars guys. And, man, Eric, we love you, brother. Uh, yep. Thanks for tuning in for sure. So what do you think, Steve? Should we start picking us some winners, man? Heck, yeah, man. Ooh, Let's get the party wait. started. It's my bedtime. Party started. So yeah. I don't know. I was kind of thinking we could go through the questions and save all that for later. Down, yeah, I'm down. Whatever you want to do, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's start picking up some winners. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about each of us has these prizes that we're going to give the prize package. I get to do the first prize package. That's our sixth prize package. This one has our Western Hunt Fest event pass for two, Elk Bros Hat and Tea. <clears throat> Elk Bros signature call pack, which is one grinder and one sugar. And I, and I tell you what, man, I hope whoever gets this, um, isn't somebody that's been, cause man, we have had, we sold out of grinders and sugars, man. I don't know how many times. So there's a lot of people that have those in out there. You gotta leave enough for us, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Troy, sure. thank you for that compliment, Dan. That's, that's awesome. All right. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a spinner and here's the rules of what's going to happen. We have people with multiple entries. So when we spin that wheel, whoever wins that particular entry will be taken off, but the rest of those multiple entries will stay on. Okay. So only that entry goes off. So somebody actually could win multiple prizes on this. Um, it's hard to see the names now because I think the last time we communicated, guys, how many entries did we have on our last show? Oh, man. I think 80, I think. 82 or something like that, Joe. Yeah, now we got over 100. If I remember right now, we're, we're about 311 entries now. Wow. Yeah. So that's the, cool. The names are going to look just cool. a little bit different. <laughs> a little so bit smaller. Add to the bone. I'm going to share the screen. And I'm going to make it large. Let's go ahead and pop this puppy out. And here we go. This is going to be our first one. Making history right here, boys. This is the winner for the sixth package. And I'm sorry, I'll enlarge it better next time. Ta-da. <laughs> oh my god. It's gonna go. No. Jacob Duran! Jacob Duran! Winner, winner! Yeah! Chicken dinner! <laughs> Jacob Duran is the winner! Jacob Duran. Sixth prize package. Yeah, okay. let me go ahead and make this puppy just a little. Is that a little bit bigger in y'all, for y'all now, or no? Yeah, it's a little bigger. Okay. Yeah. It's just a lot cool. of, a lot of names, which is great. There's yes. a whole bunch of names on there. Now, I can't see, because I'm doing this, I can't see the chat going on, so you guys are going to have to, you know, kind of keep an eye on what's happening with that. Now, who's got the next package? Uh, I got the number five prize package. All right. And it includes the Beast Mode Archery Event Pass for two. And Joe can expound on that a little bit more after I read the rest of the prizes. Uh, you also get an Elk Bros hat and tee. Elk Bros Signature Call Pack, which is a grinder and a sugar. So, Joe, exactly what is the Beast Mode Archery Event Pass? So, Beast Mode has the King of the Hill event that happens in Wisconsin. So, this pass is for two people to that event so that um, 
they can go compete over there at this event in Wisconsin. This is also a transferable event. So if you win it and you're not able to make it, you can find somebody else that can't make that. Okay. Fifth place. Let's see. Now I'm seeing something here. Congratulations, Jacob. Congrats, man. Everybody, yeah. look, everybody's being real nice right now because, man, you know, <laughs> until the last price. Until the last we'll price. Exactly. Then yeah. Yeah. They, they may or may not have gotten rid of their competition. One co- person anyway. One and Steve, person. Steve, I want to tell you too, dude, you know, uh, we like to think that everybody really went as bonkers as they did over this. Um, because they wanted to come hunt with us, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only reason. The no. only, yeah. I, I like yeah. you, man. Camper. I, yeah. I, I like you, dude. All right, here we go. Let's, let's, uh, let's share and let's get ready for the next one. Here we go. Wee. Drum roll. Man, that's a lot of names on there, Joe. There's a lot of names on there. And man, watch it. Tick, tick, tick. Boom, right there. Cody Didier. We got... Cody Deer. Congrats, Cody. Congrats, Cody. Okay, so we're going to remove Cody off. Amano, yeah, just, just you're let muted. Him let him be. Let him be. Don't tell him. Just, <laughs> you're, you're muted. He never says anything important anyway. Okay, okay. Here we go. Please, please. Give me a break, brother. Give me a break. Okay, we got the initial ascent IA2K backpack. Ooh, man, you get a nice ticket back. to Dan State and Statins 2024 L-shaped camp. Okay, so the initial ascent IA2K backpack, um, I actually have an initial ascent backpack over here. I tell you what, this very same pack, I got a chance to wear this pack at Mountain Archery Fest in Durango last year, and I carried... On that pack, a hundred and pounds on that pack. And I mean, just incredible. And it was really, you know, we wanted to have a top notch pack, not only as initial ascent, just a top notch product, but the people are top notch. And, and I'm not saying there's a lot of great companies out there, incredible people, but I tell you what, um, I, I, I really am excited about who gets this. And then, you know, I, I, I reached out to Dan. If you don't know about elk shake cans, then let me tell you what, in the elk hunting world, an opportunity, this is a ticket to go to one of Dan Staten's elk shape camps that take place in 2024 in different places across the United States. You'll oh, be able to pick amazing. that. And that's, that's well over a thousand dollars for that ticket to go to this camp. And you will wow. be taught and coached by some of the top experts of elk hunting in the wow. industry. I mean, it's just incredible. So we have that. The Game Changer Killer Combo. Oh, man, my guy Freddy has the Game Changer. And, man, I, I have mine with me right here. I love the Game Changer. It's just a small grunt tube that you can 
really do things to change sounds. You use one side to be a little louder, the other side to be a little bit muffled. When you want to change that voice out there, instead of going through the big tube, it is super, super out there in the field. And then we have um our edition native by call an external cow call. Look at this. Yes. Let me let me put that up there. I don't know if y'all can see that. Yes. And nice. I'll, I mean, uh, I'll, they sound so good, Joe. Oh man, I've got one of them, and I'm telling you that thing whines like you wouldn't believe. It's Manana's using it, and it actually has it actually has Elk Bros engraved on it. Mark yes. made this for us. Um, that is too cool. I love. Is, very is that the Elk Bros certified stamp there on the top? Yeah. No, no, that's a that's a <laughs> custom. That's a that's this thing on top of it there. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of looked like it is. It's a little blurry, but it kind of yep. looked like that. Yep. And then you're going to get the signature, uh, call pack of the Elk Bros. You get a grinder and, uh, you're going to get a sugar to go along. And let me tell you, man, people are loving the sugar, dude. So, uh, that's, that's oh, real exciting great to call. see that happening. All right. So let's do this. All right. Go RC. <laughs> uh, Ken announced it'll be between Cody, Cody Kirkpatrick, my friend, uh, Charlie. Man, somebody's going to love this package right here. Da 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 da. Yep, my name. Oh, we just went by oh, Bison. Bison. Steve Congratulations, Steve. Steve Hahn. All right. Winner. Fun, man. Now, dude, you are going to love that pack, man. You're going to love Yeah, don't give my pack away, Joe, that one behind you back there. Don't give that one away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that pack back there. It already has a Western Fly pack cover on it as well. Yeah, Somebody's going to yeah. actually win that. It's a, it's a better size backpack. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right, baby. Steve. Is Steve on? I don't know. Uh, let me check. Real quick. Steve on. No, I haven't seen him. All right, Luis. Let's go All to right, the package number three. Our third prize package. It's composed of six things. The first one being the Elite Archery Basing Bow. Wow. Hit oh, or miss man. from hit or miss archery. Thank you, hit or miss archery. There in the 505, Joe? Yes, yeah. sir. Gotcha. Albuquerque. Gotcha. Then, then we have the Western Fly Pack and Optics Covers. And this is for Sweet. Western car Contours. Yes, yep. sir. Yeah, but Western Fly. Um, Jai Panche. So that, that pack that, uh, pack cover that you're seeing right there, and he makes them for the binos as well. Our third price within the third package is the native by Carlton call pack. Sweet. Yep. Mark's going to be putting together a call pack for the winner there. And then number four is Slayer Enchantress call. Man, look, if you, if you have not seen the Slayer Enchantress, the sound, well, let's see. RC, you got a chance to hear it. Chav, you got a chance to hear it. Um, over there at the Whittington Center, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Produces a nice sound and it's pretty, pretty simple. Is it an external call, Joe? It's, I'm sorry. Uh, 
Is it an external call? You know, it's not a, no, it's not a diaphragm. It, it, if you were to see it, man, and, and I've had it advertised and everybody show it, get a chance, go on Slayer, take a look at the Enchantress. It, it is an external call that's on a grunt tube. It can be mm-hmm. detached and used by itself for doing cow calls. But what it does is it uses a diaphragm call with a finger pressure and, oh. and buddy, the sounds are on yeah. daggone believable. It's like, wow. Ch- I mean, if, like if somebody cheating. struggles, if somebody really struggles with a diaphragm in their mouth, this is mm-hmm. a top-notch call to get right there. I gotcha. mean, blown away by it. That's pretty cool. And, and go ahead. And then number five, we got the Game Changer GC call and holler. So it's the GC that I talked about before, and the holler is yeah. something that actually attaches it to the pack so that you have it there. And last but not least, the Elbrose Edition, native by Carlton, external cow call. So yep. cool. Somebody's going to get a sweet bow. And, and let me tell you what, I've got to thank Neil and Julie over at Hit or Miss Archery. Um, Definitely. To have done this and to put a bow in this package was just super and they are just incredible people they're always doing things for the community they they have they support so many shooters that come from albuquerque and areas around albuquerque in new mexico they go shoot all over the nation in competitions and they are lit man they're always bringing back the prizes man they bring the medals back home so um hit or miss what they do for the community what they do for archers and what they do to support folks like ourselves is just incredible. So if you're in Albuquerque, go look them up, go down there and thank them, go shoot on their 3d course, um, you know, purchase some items from them and their techs are second to none. All right. Seems like they hit more than they miss. <laughs> a bit of the dad joke right there. Yeah. Sorry. Daddy joke. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Okay, we ready. Here we go. Spinning the wheel. Let's go. For price number three. Or, yes. Yep. Price package three. Make it sound like the third place George Ball. All right. Bryson's like I didn't. I want. I didn't want the third one anyway. He's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want the third one anyhow. Right. Oh, sweet. George Ball. George Ball. You betcha. Congratulations, George. All right. It's getting down nitty gritty. The guys present are trying to make a motion that you can only win if you are present in the live chat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Don't have to be present to win, baby. Yeah. But I yeah. like your style. I like I their do style. Too. For I sure. do too. I, I would have been on the same boat. 
Yeah, this next prize package, Joe, is near and dear to me and the boys' heart for sure, man. Uh, it's a three-day South Texas hog hunt with the Elk Bros, man. We're going to have myself and the Mafia. Uh, i got to coerce them and, and uh, get them to come down there to chase the one animal that they absolutely love other than elk, which is these uh, these South Texas swine and Oklahoma swine. I mean, uh, they mad for them. So uh, it's going to be a three-day do what, Bubba? Pasture roaches. Pasture roaches. <laughs> yeah, man. Three days with us down there in South Texas. It'll be in sometime in the spring after we're done with deer hunting and uh, probably before turkey season starts. We we like to get down there before them. Uh, Mr. No Shoulders likes to go crawling around down there. So uh, we've got some rattlesnakes that we deal with. But at the end of the day, these springtime hog hunts are a lot of fun. And uh, the food's getting kind of scarce. So they really come to um, the uh, the setups that we have. And we've got plenty of them. That's that's a fact. Next, we'll have uh, be given Western Fly Pack and Optics Covers. Uh, from Guy Duplanche and, and, uh, Western Contours. Guy, we can't thank you enough, brother. Those things saved our bacon this year in the mountains with it raining on us like it did. Man, we had everything in our packs were dry and our bino covers, our binos were all dry. So it's fantastic stuff. And listen, guys, if you're going to get this in our package too, but if y'all don't have one, you better ask somebody. We're going to get an Elk Bros edition bow hitch, right? Ooh. If you guys are hunting in the mountains and y'all don't <laughs> Don't have a bow hitch. Y'all better ask somebody. Because it is an absolute because hitch. because carrying your bow, bow sucks. <laughs> exactly. Armando and, and uh, we we appreciate him and his crew for sure. Um, also, native by Carlton's giving away another call pack. Um, we just heard about the Slayer Enchantress call, so they're they're offering one up. But one other thing that's really cool and what Joe loves to do, he don't like sitting in our setups most of the time hunting these hogs. They've ultimate predator hog decoy, decoy from predator uh, it has decoys has, has put in an ultimate predator hog decoy, man. Oh, yeah. You know, Joe loves to stalk them rascals, and we love to watch him. And uh, at the end of the day, man, having that hog decoy, I can't wait for one of them pigs. Joe's going to be lethal now. I mean, he's even deciphered their language. Yeah, oh, yeah, he even knows he's, how to snort yeah, at them and everything. To talk to him, man. He, yeah, yeah, he's done figured mm. out how to talk to them hogs. So, uh, yeah, the the predator hog decoy will be awesome. Also in the prize package, it just keeps on going, man. Hoop camo clothing package. So the guys over at Hoop Camo put some clothes together for us. It'll go into this pack. Uh, Joe, do you know if it's uh, like shirt or cap or? It, it's it's like a it's it's breeches. It's top. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's like a, a full outfit that they're that they're awesome. putting. Awesome. Yeah. And one of our near near and dear sponsors, Outdoor Edge, is going to be offering up a razor bone knife, man. Once the the knife of the Elk Bros is Outdoor Edge for sure, and then the Elk Bros signature call pack. So you're going to get a grinder and a sugar. And uh, I don't, Joe, we don't have our tubes ready yet, do we? So. You know, I'm not. I ain't gonna jinx nothing, man. Y'all just gotta wait. Y'all just gotta wait. 
<laughs> so we, we'll get you guys our signature call pack. Uh, we can't wait to have you guys down come hunt with the the boys. Who knows, man? We might even get old Joe and Chav and RC down there with us. So it'll have be a fun go. time for sure, man. It'll be a lot of fun. I like chasing them pigs. And, and I, I just wanted to say too, man. You know, I, I you talked about me speaking the language, and uh, you know, I, I worked really hard. I worked really, really hard at trying to get that. I mean, I worked for months on that technique to get that sound. And, and, and I just want everybody to know, <laughs> just take this and you put this right inside here. You got to take this one over. This one has to come up underneath just like that. And then you take this hand just like this and it goes just like this. You're getting already. scared, Joe. <laughs> What's he trying to do? My Joe, what are you doing, Joe? I have no idea, but it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, it is, Joe. Don't no. let me do that, bro. Fellas, no. fellas, don't do that. Is there that. any way to, like, like, edit the live stuff? Or just, like, <laughs> yeah, do we really have can to? I mean, is this really going to be recorded can you, can for the you live of the show? Part? What a tough crowd, man. What a tough crowd. I don't know. Brother. It's, um, yeah. All right, here we go. Terrible. Let's pull it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's move on. You're going to pull it up. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. This is package number two, hog hunt. Package number two. I'm, I'm looking at the Come animals. chase them pasture roaches with us, fellas. Oh, Casey. Oh, my guy. Boom, Albert guy. Albert guy. Dude. Congrats, Albert. Albert, heading to Texas. Albert guy. Welcome to the Lone Star State, baby. Albert guy. man. There we go. That's package number two. Man, Albert, you just won a heck of a package, boy. So that's really cool. cool. Get your broadhead sharp, buddy, and your powder dry. There he is. There There he is. is. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Oh, here they go, man. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Woo, big suey. All right. And now, now the moment that we've been waiting for. Grand prize package. This is going to be a New Mexico archery elk hunt with a guest with the elk bros. And, and I want everybody to understand something too. A lot of people think that they're just winning a hunt and they show up and just hunt with us. That's not the case, man. You're also going to get months of coaching, personal coaching from our elk bros success squad. So you're gonna you're gonna get stuff from Luis, from Chab. You're gonna get stuff from Gilbert, from RC. You're gonna get stuff from Travis O'Shea. Stuff from uh, Guy Duplantier. Uh, you can get stuff from myself. Um, so you're gonna get to try my paella as well. Paella, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't happen last year. Picanha, in Picanha. Well, I was in a, I was in a rush. You pushed me pretty hard, bro. Don't do that. Rushing for a, a, a trip that was planned a year ahead of time? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Give so, me a break. 
not only are you going to get that, you're going to get that hunt. You're going to hunt five to seven days, and there's even possibility that there might even be additional days into that. So um, we'll get all that worked out. You're going to get the Western Fly pack cover, like I've got back on my pack back here, along with one to cover your binos. If you wear that bino pack on the front of your chest, you're going to get the Wapiti River Hunt Pack. Do we got Travis O'Shea? I haven't seen Travis in here on here right now. Um, you're going to get the the Little Rip Bugle Tube, the one that he just now has, his new Bugle Tube. Um, the Wapiti Reed Pouch. You're going to get the Thermal Wind Checker. You're going to get the Elk Rose Grinder Reed, the Kryptonite Reed, the Frolicker Calf Reed, and the Lone Bull Reed. So that's going to be the Hunt Pack from Wapiti River, Travis O'Shea, the maker of wow. the Elkwood series calls. Travis is phenomenal. Um, and what an incredible human being. You know, my wife teases me because she says that, uh, I'm always taught, saying, you know, I, I talk about guys that I've been around or people we've been associated with. I was talking about Steve the other day and I was like, you know, we have these incredible human beings. She says, you say that about everybody. And you know what? We have truly been blessed, y'all. He compares he compares yeah. everybody against them, so everybody's way better. This wine is hell, really man. good. You're hey, going to hell. He's going to hell. and then it's all Cannot be saved. Cannot be saved. You're going to hell. He is, bro. I probably will, but you'll be there waiting for me. Yeah, uh, probably, but you won't. <laughs> <laughs> you're all, right. all right, here we go. We've got uh, the oh. Elf Edition Bow Hitch, the Native by Carlton Call Pack, Slayer Enchantress Call. The ultimate predator elk decoy, the one that I always have with me, and elk have fallen to that decoy. Um, Gilbert and I have had some of the funniest moments behind Heck that yeah. decoy, um, trying to decide who was going to kill an elk. And, or didn't. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, you sure. know, and, and we really didn't get a chance to advertise this a whole lot because RC doesn't have Instagram. But you're going yeah. to get an RC Knox original Elk Bros buckle, um, dude. That is like tre the, the the real treasure in this is having something handcrafted from handcrafted from the I yeah, mean, dude, handcrafted from the legend yep. RC Knox, dude. When you sport one of those buckles around, you are different. I promise you, man. It is so cool. Thank you, RC. Yeah, absolutely, man, and. uh you're going to get now our winner last year, Cody, the kid Kirkpatrick got one of these actually worked my elk with it. It was hey, Cody. Tell everybody how cool it was, man. Uh, a Tracy Henry original knife. So you're yeah, going to I have one too. as well. Fantastic you're to, knife. You're going to get the elk bros success squad training and you're going to get the elk bros signature call pack. Right. Phenomenal. So, man. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? No, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, that ain't it, Joe. You got one more thing to go over here. What the heck was I think that? It's, I think it's a U-Haul trailer. Oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, U-Haul it all right. Yeah. Orange and 
Orange and silver. You you be yeah. hauling you be hauling your butt up the elk camp in that thing. Let me tell you. And this trailer it. can hold five of us on top of it. On top of it. Now one thing. Six. Six. Oh oh, I'm a bad. <laughs> it, it's not going to haul Plus five of us inside of it. If it does, I'm back. I'm the. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I ain't getting in. So <laughs> uh, tell them about it, man. This is incredible. An Elk Bros Edition 5x8 Overland Camper made by this man right here, Steve Harrell. Steve, there he is. And yeah. Steve is actually going to – and Steve, his uh, his company's in Springfield, Georgia, correct? Right. right. And he is going to drive that personally out from Georgia to deliver it at Elk Camp um, this year. So – how special is it? And, and this is where it's really unfair that we or our families can't participate in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just really buttered. I mean, this is just unfair. Buttered. Buttered. Man, yeah. Can't be buttered, buttered bro. I, is that what I said? <laughs> that's, that's language limitation right there, you see. Language that's, limitation. That's called karma. You guys karma. Are, should we should we pick this? You know, we, we, we make Joe uncomfortable when we started, Just, you know, fighting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's go. I, let's I, move on, bro. I, I don't know what's gonna come out of you. I have yeah, that's right. You oh. never know. <laughs> yeah, that's a real oh. deal, Joe. All right. Yeah, I, I'm gonna real deal you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yo. Steve, we can't thank you enough, brother. I can't wait to see who's going to win this prize package. But it is topped off with one of the coolest campers. Steve, let us know why you started building these to begin with. My factory-built camper caught on fire twice. So we we went a route that that don't catch on fire. We, We wanted to build one that didn't catch on fire. So that's what and led you, into it. And you pretty well take, build, take this thing wherever you want to take it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's as tough as your truck. If you yes, want to sir. beat your truck up, the, the camper will follow. That's, so, wow. that's a great advertisement. Well, look, I'm telling you, some of the places we've gotten into, you needed something tough as a truck because some right. of our trucks didn't make it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's pretty, pretty tough going in some places up there in the mountains. Yeah. This is an Elk Bros edition that'll have our Elk Bros logo on the side of oh it. Oh my gosh. Um, right. it's, it's going to have spare tire on it. It's going to have an awning on it. What else is going to have on there, Steve? The smiling owner. Yeah, I like that. That's for sure. Yeah. It won't catch know. a fire. It won't catch a fire. Uh, maybe uh, whoever wins it wants to customize it more. We'll, we'll go that direction too. Steve, you get to say, spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Come on. Here it is. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Hi, man. Who's going to be? Unbelievable grand prize winner. Keep spinning. Keep spinning for like three spins. Yeah, three minutes or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Tick, 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 tick. Charlie, we need that camper in Oklahoma, brother. Please share with us. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes, baby. Here it comes. Kevin Duro. Oh, wow. 
Durrow. Kevin Durrow. Mr. Durrow. My new best friend. Kevin. My new best friend. <laughs> yeah, our new best friend. <laughs> our new best friend. On each side of Kevin Doro, I don't know if I should do this, man. I don't know if I should even say this. But on each side is, on one side is Jonathan Scott, and on the other side is Casey Gamble. Wow. (laughs) Wow, man. They don't even want to know that, Joe. I couldn't believe you said that. So close. Casey Scott might slap the lung out of you, dude. (laughs) Kevin Doro, man. Kevin Doro. Yep. We will be getting a hold of you, Kevin. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's huge. Yeah. And, and to everybody, look, honestly, you know, sincerely from the the bottom of my heart, man, yeah. um, from all of us, this has been <laughs> so much fun, so exciting. Steve, thank you. All of our sponsors, thank you. Um, all these people that took pa- took part in this, you know, our goal is not, you know, we want to do this again. We'll be doing this again, Steve. I'm in. Absolutely. I'm in. Let's do it. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Got a commitment for next season too. That's so awesome. Thank wow. you so much, Thank Steve. You, Steve. And Thank you, all, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's very very cool, man. So unbelievable uh, generous. Um, everybody wants to borrow it, you know, and we'll we'll talk to Kevin Doro and see who uh, uh if he'll rent it out. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Guys, because of the length of our show tonight, we won't be doing our full shout-outs, but we'll have to give a quick shout-out and a a big Elk Bros yell to this top top listening city in Latonia, Ohio. Latonia, Ohio. Latonia, Ohio. And just so y'all know, the phone line is now open. It's 505 585 Two five seven three, and if you don't get through, you can leave a message with a question, or you can call. Uh, wants to see if the the line's open. Yeah. Also, I just want to give a reminder too. Next week, we'll be spinning this wheel, the Elk Bros spin a winner wheel, we call it, for both the Wapak yeah. River and Signature Elk Bros diaphragm call for those folks that leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or leave us a comment on our YouTube channel. Remember, you have to include your name and where you're from. So, um, guys, uh, tonight's topic is going to be, we're going to be talking about questions concerning partner or solo calling. Or if any of you have a question that you would like us to talk about on Elk Hunting tonight, this is Q&A time. If somebody's going to want to call in, they can call in as well, and we're going to do it that way. All right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I can't take y'all with me. I'm going to bed. All right. Oh, okay. Thanks. Mr. Harold. Thank, thank, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Great meeting you. God bless you and your family. God bless you and your family, brother. Thanks, brother. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, nice to meet you. Talk to you later. Me neither. See you, bud. Bye. Take care. Joe, you want to go to the Oprah's mailbox question? <laughs> yes, sir. Let's do it. Our first mailbox question comes from Thomas Jackson from Harlem, Georgia, which is the birthplace of Oliver Hardy of Laurel and Hardy. Go. Okay. He says, I know boot preference differs with every hunter. I'm curious as to what boot and installation level you all use during September in Colorado 
and New Mexico with a style of hunting that you all do. I used Rocky Pro Hunters 400 grain insulation on the past two hunts. They did great, but are not very waterproof now. I'd like to replace them. Unfortunately, they are no longer made. That's correct. I am considering getting the Danner Vitals. Got any thoughts on these? Do. Yeah. And, and Gilbert, I you can start with you. Yeah, so, you know, I know what the boys wear. They wear Solomons, uh, and they've been fantastic boots. I wear a North Face uh, a, a smaller pack. I don't wear a lot of insulation in September. Uh, now look, we have, I always take two different pairs of boots with me, sometimes three. Uh, just depends on what I know the wet, what the weather's gonna look like. But I'll have a, most of the time I'm wearing an uninsulated Gore-Tex boot, right? And the North Face Hedgehog Fast Pack 2 is the boot that I've been wearing the last two years. They're super light very waterproof and uh they take an absolute pounding if you'd have seen what i had to go through this year in these rock slides it, any other pair of boots i'd have been wearing they would have been torn to shreds uh, i wear those and i wear a pair of crispies uh uh crispy idahos and they're a fantastic boot they do have 400 grams insulation but the most important thing for me is having a Gore-Tex booty right uh, a Gore-Tex inside sole that will keep my feet dry not only from the weather outside but also let my foot breathe so it doesn't get wet on the inside and I wear a really good sock combination uh, I have used some smart wool and uh, uh, uh Another type of, uh, merino wool sock that's really good. Um, and I'm trying to, it's, I think it's a first choice, uh, sock that I wear and they're phenomenal and they're great on your feet, right? Uh, and I know the boys wear Solomon's too. They're fantastic boots. I'm actually going to buy a pair of them to try them this year. Um, and I know Joe, Joe, Joe will tell you, man, I don't wear no boots. <laughs> I he wear wears, tennis shoes. He wears tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah. And with a Gore-Tex sock, right? So it, it makes his, his, uh, foot, uh, waterproof. And I know RC wears some Mindles. I wore them for a long time as well. So, uh, there's a, there's a whole plethora out there, but the big thing, man, is you want to wear something that fits really good <laughs> and, uh, and, it doesn't uh, hurt your feet. It doesn't hurt your feet. Like I, yes. I was, you know, he made a comment about Danners, and I'm not going to kick Danners, but I don't know if it's my high end step or what. But I bought a pair of Danners and tried to use them, mm-hmm. and it, they actually crippled me. I couldn't, I couldn't wear them. I went to, I got me a pair of Krispies, and I'm really, really happy with them. Yeah, and I. I have, I have worn the Danner pronghorn boot, which is a lighter boot from Danner. Um, I have worn it in the past and I had no problems with it other than, um, I, it just didn't last. And I'm, I'm kind of a guy that wants a boot to at least last me two or three years because I only elk hunt in these boots. I don't deer hunt in them. I don't, I don't do any of those other things. Uh, now my, my North Face boots, I wear every day. And I mean, they're a fantastic boot. So, uh, Luis Manano, y'all got any other things that y'all been wearing? Yeah, yeah, we, we, um, but, but again, you know, to your point on the Gore-Tex, um, you know, in my experience, and I may be wrong, I I haven't had a lot of boots, but I I feel Gore-Tex is more, 
uh, waterproof. And I feel like all the other waterproofs are more water resistant and wear out, wear off quicker, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, Gore-Tex is a technology that is used in different brands and different types of boots. So, um, if, if you're looking for something really waterproof, I think definitely Gore-Tex will be my top choice on the waterproof technology. Um, the Salomons, I mean, you know, Monano found, yeah, Monano found those boots a few years ago and we try them. And I mean, I've, I've used mine for four seasons and they're still good. And I put them through a lot as well. Um, so I, I mean, I just bought me a second pair just as a backup because they're just tough and they're, they're, I like the fact that they cover my ankles, right? I mean, yeah. when you step through all these rocks and uh, all this rough terrain, go over deadfalls or blowdowns or whatever, um, <laughs> you know, you know, having that ankle support is right. just I don't important. Know, I don't know how Joe. Joe is. It's, I don't. I don't. Yeah. It, it actually. I, don't know how Joe, I actually feel like um, I have. Better control by not having my ankles bound up like that. It puts so much pressure. I mean, it, it, makes, it makes though. stepping awkward. I'm, I'm able to control myself, especially mm-hmm. going over logs and stuff. I That's just control crazy. myself better. Man, and them rocks that stick up when you're walking down the trail, man, they're horrible. <laughs> they jump up and catch your toe, man. Oh. I'm telling you. Yeah. I, look, <laughs> the bottom line is they got to be comfortable, guys. Right. And, uh, and, and you want something that's waterproof and September is not going to be super cold in Colorado. And I, I don't wear that. any insulation. If I do wear a boot, it, even in the yeah. winter, I don't put insulation in it because I'm moving. Right. Yeah. We're moving. We're not stand hunting. If, if I was going to do some stand hunting or something like that, I'd probably wear a thousand grams of insulation, but I don't, I would read, I look guys, I'm, you know, I'm a big boy. I sweat like crazy. And if I put something that my foot's going to go in, it's going to be warm. It's going to sweat. And when your feet sweat on the inside, that's what makes them cold. Right. And it also creates problems for you getting blisters and things like that. So the big thing is go Vortex, I believe. You know, I talked to Guy Duplanche too about his system. He wears a Wuru sock. It's a merino wool sock, and they're for left and right feet. He said it makes a huge difference, and he wears a Salewa boot, which is much like the Solomons. And, uh, you know, so we all kind of wear a little bit of different things, you know, but if you find you a good pair of boots, it fits. And I'm not saying the Danner pronghorn won't fit you or the Danner, whichever one uh, you said. I just think if you start going to a higher insulation boot, you got to make sure it's Gore-Tex because so it can breathe. Because otherwise your feet will be wetter inside of them than they will be outside of them. And uh, that's the thing that you want to be able to wick that moisture away from your foot. So that incorporates uh, wearing a really good sock, like a Merino crew sock or something. Um, RC, you got anything else to add to that? No, I think that covers it all. Yeah. Th- Sweet. Yeah. And I think these guys talk, and they're, they're the ones who listen to about boots because, you know, when it comes to myself, um, I, the only time I really wear boots, if I have really, really bad weather or, you know, if it's real, really soaking wet out there and my shoes are just getting soaked, I'll switch don't, over. Don't listen to Joe. You're going to, you're going to get hurt. What? What's that? <laughs> don't listen to Joe. You're going to get hurt. So actually there's a lot of people that have listened and 
and there's some people that enjoy it. <laughs> so, if you need, need, a, the I need a Gore-Tex sock, you use yeah, waterproof socks, right? Wore, as well. Yeah. I yeah. do wear waterproof socks and, and there's yeah. people that use, um, mountain trail runners to run through the mountains, man. Sure, so, sure, man. you know, it's right. just, it's just something that all in what, and, and look, Joe feels the most comfortable and I, that's maybe more important than being waterproof is you feel comfortable oh, in yeah. your feet. Man. Most definitely. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, there's nothing. If you beat your foot up on a hunt, you ain't going back. Done. Uh, yeah, you're done, dude. You're you done. got to take care of your feet, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. It's super um, important. The waterproof socks that I found that are like you usually get good deals on are cyclists. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Cyclists. Well, that's that's exactly what I wear is waterproof cyclist socks, man. So I you can get a bunch of them. I buy them for about sixteen, seventeen dollars a pair. And I usually keep about five pairs and, uh, that way I can rotate them through, you know, um, so that they dry out on, on the outside. But, um, so I'm going to go ahead and end this one right here, yeah, y'all on, perfect, on the man. question. And we have, we've got two things happening right now. I've got a caller on the line that we're getting ready to bring in. Awesome. And, um, also after we get done with the caller that's on the line, we are going to spin the wheel one more time because we're going to need to have a, First runner up, back up in case something happens to our, our oh, first the hunt. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's true. Wow. So we're yeah. going to be doing that have, as well. We're going to have a stand in. Right. I thought that, that, you know, that, I thought that could be me, Joe. Yep. I thought it could be me. Last year's okay. was Charlie. <laughs> that's right. It was Charlie Newberry last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was Charlie Newberry. Last yeah, it's, uh, that's tough, man. No. Uh, being the bridesmaid, though, huh, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, we got Troy on the line. Troy. Go ahead, Troy. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> hey, uh, so first off, you guys don't need to spin again if you guys don't want. I'm already on the phone. I'll go ahead and accept it if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Nice try, guy. homie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, so, Troy, tell us, tell us your complete, complete name and where you're from, man. Yep. Uh, first name's Troy, last name's Hayes. Uh, born and raised in southwest Nebraska. Uh, currently live in Lincoln, uh, Nebraska. My wife and I are chiropractors. Uh, we own a, we own a chiropractic office here and, uh, just love helping people every day. Awesome. I love to get out awesome. in the and love to get out in the Elkwoods in, in September. So there you go, man. Bro. You got a question for us, man? Scenario. Uh, this happened this last year. All right. And, uh, we were, uh, me and my hunting partner were, we were down in, um, the Gila actually. And it happened to be, we, we were, um, kind of one evening, um, we heard some bugles in the morning, kind of chased them, did some basically cow party stuff, um, through midday and just kind of went back and, and, uh, uh, went back, kind of regroup, uh, regrouped over lunch, came back out in the evening and, uh, I happened to set up, um, just kind of sat down by kind of like a little creek that was coming down, um, down to basically a little bit of a water trough. I mean, heck, five foot in, in around maybe of where the water was. Mm-hmm. And I was, as I was sitting there, I don't know, it was four, four thirty, something like that. And, uh, uh, maybe about five, five fifteen, I hear what I thought was a bedded bugle. And turns out, you know, um, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. So I gave a couple of cow calls 
and uh, you know the bugle happens again, and I don't know. He's probably, I mean, he's literally right up the like the canyon from me. Um, a little bit of time goes on. I'm you know uh, I keep cow calling, keep cow calling, keep cow calling. Um, How far was it, he? How far like, was he, Troy? I'd say 150 yards, maybe okay. 200 okay. at most. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, but I wasn't like cow calling, like, you know, you know, like it was, you know, I'd let one kind of marinate for a couple minutes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then I throw a couple more out and then, mm-hmm. you know, let that kind of marinate a little bit. And so I don't know, it got to be five forty-five. I don't know, almost six o'clock or so. And, uh, I look up there and I can see some cows, um, uh, up there as well. Right. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, um, you know, he's got cows with him, you know, most likely, you know, he, if he hasn't came and saw me yet, right, like he's more likely got probably a cow on the verge of coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was kind of my thought. So then I was like, well, maybe what if I introduce a, a bull, you know, down here um, and kind of go into more of a breeding sequence, right? Or like have my own hot cows, maybe that'll bring him in. So I introduce a bull and he starts tearing off like just, you know, bugling like crazy. And, uh, and so, but he doesn't come any closer, right? He kind of does a roundup bugle, takes the cows up the, up the draw a little bit. Well, at that point, like I'm, I'm standing up and I'm going to, you know, try to close the distance. And so we kind of work back and forth and we, you know, kind of just get in a screaming match. Right. But every time that I would get in there, you know, I'd get within, you know, a hundred yards or so. And I'd, throw a bugle out there and just scream a bugle and he'd almost basically send a roundup bugle and they'd push over, you know, another 70 yards. Mm-hmm. Right. Troy, what, and then, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what, what time of the year was this? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, this would have been like the 20th of September. We, we were second season, um, in New Mexico last year. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, yeah, it would have been like right about say the 20th. you were doing a bugle at him, Troy. What now? What kind of bugle? What kind intensity, of bugle? Yeah. Kind of intensity. intensity. Yeah. I mean, um, so initially when I started introducing the, the bull, um, it was just kind of a, you know, like, hey, this is my cow, you know, some, some, um, kind of, you know, uh, you know, just like, mm-hmm. just some grunts essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd get, you know, a little bit of a chuckle. And then as, you know, kind of got him fired up a little bit more because 
I don't know if he thought I was going to come up and take his cows or whatnot, right? Um, and True, so man. once he started kind of elevating a little bit, I tried to elevate myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, you know, and then once we, once we started in, you know, kind of going back and forth, then we were pretty both, we were both pretty elevated, I guess you could say. Right. Um, and then I could hear a couple other bulls starting to come in and bugle as well. Um, like some satellites, you know, um, but I, I didn't know if like, again, I was trying to, you know, so like solo call cause my hunting partner was actually up the Canyon. Uh-huh. We kind of split up for the evening and so hunted. Um, so I didn't have like that partner system. So when I was solo calling, I was, you know, I tried to scream the bugle and I'd try to, you know, run up 20 yards. Right. But mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know if they were catching some movement or if it was just like, Hey, no, you're too close for comfort and the roundup bugle and, you know, he'd push away a little bit more. And then I think, um, so my question I guess is, is should I have potentially just sat there, um, and waited at the water and maybe they, you know, not said anything and they maybe come down or, you know, be aggressive in that aspect. Um, because eventually throughout the night they ended up did they did cross the river or the cross the creek I guess you could mm-hmm. say I don't know the stream right um it kind of, uh, kind of, of depends of it kind of depends on how it funneled down to you you know as well yeah. and 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 it could have been an option dude it could have been an option yeah. that if he bed bugled and then you get some cow calls and he's responding and then you see cows. I mean, that's an option just because if they're already coming your way and, and I think I would have used some calf calls instead of cow calls to okay. pull those cows okay. to me because you, you pull, pull those cows, cows to you, you, exactly. you got that bull that's going to follow as well. And it doesn't take yeah. a whole lot, just a little bit of calf, lost calf call and then just leave it alone. So they come looking, start coming your way. And as they get yeah. down, maybe the water does become a draw. I mean, I don't know what the thermals were doing. I don't know, you know, how thick, usually in the Gila, you can see a long ways in some of those areas, yeah, and right? It didn't seem, yeah, it didn't seem like it was overly thick. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's probably a little bit of why, you know, when I would scream a bugle, he'd do a roundup bugle because I Could wasn't coming him? through the trees. Could you right? see, did you ever put uh, eyes on No, not, a, not at that point. Um, yes, I, I did eventually. Well, early when the cows were up there, I could see them. Um, and he was a nice six. Uh, six point. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him real early. And then as I was trying to, you know, be aggressive and, and close the distance and get within that bubble and then scream, you know, bugle and, and whatnot and try and get him to turn around and come, come check me out. Um, I never saw him after that. And then real late, like right at, right at dusk, um, they crossed the stream and went up the other side of the, the draw. So we were kind of down in the bottom in the, in the, in the, I guess you could say the, the, the canyon of it. Yeah. And then they yeah, went over the top of the other mm-hmm. hill. So. Joe, can I, can I try to, can I try to comment here and you correct me if I'm, yeah. if I'm wrong in this thought process, but. Well, there is no right or wrong, bro. I mean, it's elk hunting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I understand. But I mean, I, it seems you know, to wrong. me, it's like you're targeting the bull versus you know, it, it's it's like when we talk about we don't we don't engage the bull directly. We kind of either kind of make our own party to make him curious or jealous to come and check it out. It's like 
you, the scenario that you have to build has to be ignoring the bull versus actually, you know, engaging the bull directly and escalating with it. I, I feel like he's feeling it, the challenge being posed and he's, he rather, he chose the route of, you know, Staying gathering his cows and just kind of moving flight. away. Fight or yes. flight. Fight or flight. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's, the way I kind of and, and actually, see this. Luis, that's what I was going to say is, is that I would have. There's a couple things that you can do there. You can either pressure that bull, and I mean, just keep pushing up on pressuring him. But what you want to use is you want to use those short roundup display bugles yourself yeah. at those cows, not yes, really at the cows answering to the bull, him, but the right. bull answer to you. So. If, if he's calling to, and then you're, you're like responding back to him, he's leading the show on what's going on. What I would do is I would demonstrate to those cows that I am a bigger, badder, Batter better bull. bull than what he is. And that's the point where you actually do. And it's hard, man. It's hard to be bigger than a real mature bull. I mean, yes. it's just hard to do, but I mean, you could have done that throwing a little cow calls back behind you so that you maybe had something with you. Um, I've done that towards convergence, or you just act like you're totally interested in those cows and you're trying to pull them to you. That's what those other satellite bulls are doing. If you listen exactly. to the calls that they're making, they're doing those roundup calls too, trying to pull those cows to them. So you're either doing that, or you're pressuring that bull, and and it's with the same call when you're going and moving in on those cows like that. Okay. How was your How was your win, Troy? Um, I mean, when I was when I was um, advancing and trying to close the distance, I was trying to make sure that it was always in my face. Um, so it was it was never a it was a never I never had a feeling that they winded me. Um, oh no, they left through the whole process. Through yeah. the whole pro, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, gone. I was very, I was very diligent about making sure that the wind, you know, right. um, was in my favor throughout that whole time. Yeah, we, I mean, at that time of day, you got them thermals falling off, so you got it. Go get him. So, go, you yeah. know, go move on him. Hey, one of the things that I think we get accustomed to and when we're calling at bulls that are answerous, we just get into this mindset that, okay, well, he's talking to me. I'm talking back, but nobody's advancing position, right? Nobody's moving forward, right? The bull's not coming to me and I'm really not going to him, but yet we're, we're talking to one another, right? So for me, I'm bugling my way right in there, sounding like a big nasty bull to but try to short pull the roundup type bugles yes. at yeah, those short. Cows. I mean, and, and if he ever hits you with a bark and a bugle, it's on, brother. Get your stuff ready. Bark right back at him, and he will pour through those woods to come at you because now he knows you're coming for his cows, right? Mm. Especially if you can hear the cows talking. Uh, you're not close enough if you're not hearing those cows talking, man. Well, uh, so. and, and that's what I was going to say is I think the biggest mistake sometimes made um, in this is that people start following up on the bull. You, so yeah. you actually get kind of aimed at the bull going to him when actually I would try to get up and on the side of side his of cows him. so that I had the cows between him and me and working to get in that position and screaming at his cows so that now he yeah. has to come through them 
to be because he's not going to push him to me. He's got to come through him and either push me off or he's got to get his cows rounded up away from me. So don't get Mm -hmm. caught up in his in his trail stream, you know, kind of get around and work more towards those cows and make him have to defend them. That's that's going to be the thing is really pressuring that you're (laughs) going to take his cows away from it. Did you, did, you have think, day, did you have more days to hunt too? Yeah, yeah, and we went back, and we went back in that same area the very next morning. Um, but looking back at it, what I what I wish I would have done, and I just didn't have it, is I didn't have a I didn't have any satellite communication, so I didn't have a Zolio, I didn't have a Darman or anything. Right. And what I should have done is, if I would have had that, I feel like I would have been more like what goes, mm-hmm. what you've said is just say. Hey, I'm gonna gonna keep. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on them all night. You know, like right. literally follow them all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I just felt a little bit uncomfortable in that. Yeah. And so since yes. then, I've already got yeah. I've already got a Garmin and, and all that. But yeah. cool. um, and, and I'm not and, gonna make that mistake again. And that's a big part of it, man. Being able to hunt fearless, where you can chase those critters and get after them, and you can still stay in communication with your buddy and stuff like that is is pretty critical. So, sure. but. Uh, I, I would. I think you were in a great situation right there because that bull was lit. But he is responding the way he is because of how you were sounding off, and he's trying to make sure that those cows know that he's the man. So what you got to do is convince them otherwise, and let him know that you're convincing them otherwise. Now, the so, only other thing I would say is that you were hearing um, satellite sounding off, right? So yeah. I, I ended up using one other satellite. Okay. So, and so an option there is to also is now to create your own scenario as you're moving with that other group where you're a big herd bull and you've got some cows that are with you and you're making some of those sounds that, you know, Hey, I'm, you know, you got the, the glunking going on. You got a few whines and then you're going to do your roundup screams. You're going to do some raking, raking, throw those out. Yeah. Yeah, As you're moving along with them so that you're letting those other satellites know that there's another herd bull with cows. So if you don't get that actual herd bull, you can pull one of those satellites that he's pulling in as well. That commotion that you guys are making is a great situation, man, to bring in just just keep playing it, you know, yeah. as you're going with them. Sure. Sure. Cool. Well, I appreciate it guys. Um, yeah. So, and to, um, this scenario that happened was the very first time that I had ever been in an elk battle back and forth. Oh, so, man. Wow. Yeah, that's too cool. That's cool man. Yeah. So it was cool. like, a uh, you're ruined for scenario, life. So. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. But, <laughs> No, I just, I just, uh, I just had always been like, I literally probably think about it at least once a day. Um, of like, what could I have done differently? You know, uh, of what could I have done differently? And like, how could I have potentially sealed the deal? Um, later in the hunt, I ended up hitting a tree branch on a big, on a big six, six point. Um, oh, and man. been there, it done a, that. It was a total bummer, but phenomenal hunt. So I would have. I'd go hey, back. But that branch is pretty dead, so well done. Oh. <laughs> Didn't make it through. Didn't make it exactly. through. <laughs> Look, man, you know what you really encountered, Troy, was a herd bull scenario, man. And, I mean, he's got a herd with him, yeah, and there's absolutely. just different ways. Yeah. There's, there's just different ways to deal with that herd bull. And for me, man, it's more about getting his cows uh 
interested in you and you trying to work yourself in between them. And sometimes that may mean you shutting up a little bit and moving until you catch movement of his cows. Then you can really talk to them and he won't be liking that at all, right? Because when you shut up, he don't know where you went. You know what I mean? So... That's a that's another thing yeah. that you can do. But but that's a risky that's a risky one right there though, Gil. Sure. With if he has cows, because at that point when they're moving in the evening, going to where they're going, um, that's a tough one that he's going to leave them to check something out right there. Yep. So, but I, but there is one other option, dude, and that is to actually stay quiet if he's sounding off on his own and to put the Mohican sneaking in on him and see if yeah, he can get up on him as well. So yeah. that that's always an option. I always try to call everything because I'm an idiot, but uh, <laughs> it's just what I love to do, man. I love to call. So uh, one of the things that I was going to make the comment is that he, you did mention that you did see the cows coming to you. Well, I, I don't he know saw if the they cows were up coming. on the ridge. The cows yeah, are on the so ridge. They were kind of okay. Go ahead. Yeah, so they were just kind of more. I, I feel like they were just kind of more milling around, mm-hmm. you know, kind of feeding, you know, kind of. And as I was they walking, on kind of back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they were just kind of. I think that they were just kind of getting up You're from um, the afternoon bed and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of just kind of grazing around just a little bit. But they definitely weren't in their in their feeding place. Gotcha. Hey, man, that's a great question. We so appreciate you calling in, Troy, man. And yes, sir. I, I think it's so awesome that you had that kind of encounter. That's the type of thing that everybody lives for right there. And uh, I'm looking forward to having more and, and, and letting us hear about those. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. Thank you, you bet, buddy. Troy. You have a good Troy. one. So, yeah, that's, I got to get my timing better on that stuff like that. Um, I, Joe Grosset's been asking a question on here and we're going to get that. Um, and did you want to do the wheel again? Yeah, we're going to do the wheel now first so that we have uh, our runner up. So yeah. let's do that. Um, and let's see who's going to be the bridesmaid. Wow. What do they call them? First loser, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Let's see who it is. First winner. Second winner. Yeah. Yeah, never know. Spinning. Game first. You it's spinning. Ricky. Spinning. Vince Martinez. Vince Martinez. Vince Martinez. I saw Vince here earlier. Alternate Vince Martinez. I saw him here earlier. Vince, you are the alternate. That's our alternate, Vince Martinez. So um, what was Joe's question? I'm not sure I understand. I think he says to call or not to call first archery techniques versus second archery. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and, and I guess I'm assuming he's meaning the, you know, obviously they the calling techniques first, first or for both. Yeah. Archery, but yeah. And there was also a question earlier, um, about okay. how far can elks, elk smell? <laughs> miles. <laughs> yeah. Two miles. I don't know. They can smell Joe from a long way off, man. That <laughs> scent goes a long way. <laughs> it just no, depends I mean, on how bad the wind is. 
Yeah. 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 Well, and, good, and also, also the currents, the thermals and everything thermals. else that's happening in that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, they can, I mean, they'll smell you and from a half yourself. mile away, man, easy. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. just depending on if it makes it to them. And, you know, it's just like currents inside a river, you know, yeah. um, if you've ever gotten in water, you can feel warmer sections <laughs> in the water. You can feel yeah. cooler sections as you get down lower. Some of those scents will carry a different way. And then you have the flow around those trees and the rocks and you have actual wind that'll bend some of those thermals and stuff. So, um, and you know, just if you're on the cool side of a hill and things start to go down and hits an open area that the sun's hitting, it's going to kind of pull that up and it can actually pop over them. So just because they're down there below you and your thermals are going down doesn't mean it's always going to hit them. You got to kind of take a look. Is there a wind coming or a breeze even coming from my side that's going to bend it from them? So and a lot of times in those canyons, it'll, it'll deflect, it'll bend the wind, you know. Um, the legend and I were stalking in on a really nice bull, big six by six. And he had probably 10 or 15 cows with him. And we had the wind in our face the whole time, man. I mean, he's like, this is fixing to happen. I mean, we're, we close a distance from 350, 250. 200. We get about 200 yards from them, and then there's some jack pines that we need to get in that are like 100 yards up there. We get to those jack pines, and I'll never forget it. That wind hit R.C. Knox in the back of the neck, and I mean, he looked at me, and he goes, oh, no. And I mean, brother, the lead cow was munching on grass like like nothing was wrong. The bull had no clue we were there. That lead cow lifted her nose up and never even looked in our direction. But that little wind hit us from the back of the neck. And I mean, she didn't even look in our direction. She took off so fast and every elk went with her in that direction. And I I looked at RC and he hit his little wind snuffer and and it was in our face the whole time going down through there, man. It was so disheartening. So, look, they don't even need to know what direction you're coming from. They don't need to see you. All they need to do is pick up that scent. And it can go a long way, man. It can be carried down through those canyons. So you got to be real cognizant of which direction your thermals are moving and the wind direction. And uh, it was just, it was so disheartening, man, because we had them. We had them right where we wanted them, didn't we, RC? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Last jack pine, 65 yards from that bull. And if I get to 65 yards in front of that bull, he's in serious trouble. But didn't happen. We got within 90, and then the old dirty wind got us, man. <laughs> so uh, I believe that uh, that gentleman's name that sent that was Dan Gaber. Yes. So, Dan, they can, it, as hard as that wind's blowing, they can go a long way, brother. Like Joe said, at least half a mile. If Joe's farting, it's probably going to be. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll yeah. last forever. It'll yeah. last forever. I go across continents. Babies, Turn around go the other way. Yeah. If we, if we had anybody that could cook some decent food, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We had a problem second season when when Knox was the chef, man. We had all that gastrous problem. Uh, Yeah, I didn't have any problem like that, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah? (laughs) Hey, Grosset, um, he says, more specifically, what techniques would you use in first archery as opposed to second? Um, 
when we talked to the expo, you said that they will be most vocal around the 3rd of September. Well, what I mean by that is that could be the first, it could be the second, it could be the third, Joe, it could be the 29th, but generally, um, you've had a lot of bulls that are working their voices, working their voices. They're, they're still palling up. You got the big guys that are splitting off, but man, if a, if a cow comes in estrus and it has happened, Chav, how many times has it happened, man? Gil, that we've had bulls screaming like, First or second, third. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every every time I happen. Yeah. First, we've it had. seems like we have a rut that happens in areas mm-hmm. early in the beginning of September, and then things will go silent for a little bit. You know, fourth, yeah, fifth, days. sixth, and then start to pick up again. It's just all about the cows coming in. But I I always use the same techniques, Joe. I always do the same things on how I'm cast calling and how I'm using cow sounds when I'm doing that originally because cow sounds can be both bull and cow. In that early season, I go with one singular, yeah, and let it marinate out there a little bit. I might, yeah, and then throw, yeah, yeah. I have had bulls respond to me from three, 400 yards away with nothing but that mew. And then uh, I killed a bull in a park. It was in the dark. They were mewing back to me, never grunted, never chuckled, never bugled, mewed back to me. I worked my way in, into the gray light. As the light started to come up and I'm in the side of the trees, three bulls that were mewing came into the park. I threw a mew back behind me and this doggone bull in front goes nuts coming over, acting like a kid, jumping up and down and bronking and showing off to the other bulls there. 18 yards in front of me, I'm at full draw as he's bronk busting, just being a goof there. And he stops. I go, turns broadside, done, done deal. And never a bugle once. Now, does that mean that it can't? Well, let me take it to another instance, you know, another instance. Chav and I are going. We're coming over. I throw out the same thing and I hit a bull that responds way off. Okay. I cow call back again. The bull bugles again, but this time more aggravated. I wanted to test him a little bit. So I threw a bugle back behind me and he goes nuts. So Chav and I get set up and there had to have been a hot cow because it lit up. There was about, I don't know, what, seven, eight bulls, Chap? Mm-hmm. About seven. Yeah. And, and, and one bull is a toad that's just going crazy with all these other ones around them. And they're thinking, Hey, there's a hot cow, which there was. Otherwise they wouldn't have been going off like that. I start, you know, I move Chav up and I start challenging him with short, you know, dem- demonstration bugles, roundup bugles, raking, and just trying to pull them by chaff. And it just lit, man. We ended up calling in, and that morning, and this is, was it the 1st or 2nd of September? And they just blew up, right? Yeah, I want to say the 2nd of September. Yeah. 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 And they're going nuts. We end up having bulls run up into us. I've shot my bull and I've killed it and Chavar and I are talking. Here comes another bull that runs in 10 yards away and stops and puts the brakes on us. I mean, we're just laughing about it, you know, and we're like, ah, and so he goes off and, and I had been talking to him, trying to turn him back. Here comes another bull because of all this commotion. Yeah. So I kill one bull right away at daylight that I'm trying to pull by Chav um, he ends up jogging by Chav, coming to me. I shoot him at about an 18. 
45 minutes later, as we're heading back to go get the bike because of all the commotion, I cow call in a bull barrels off the side of the hill because he's like, there she is, there she is, and comes down there and Chav ends up taking that. We had two bulls down in 45 minutes on September 2nd. It was unbelievable before noon. So, um, do, how do I change my tactics? I don't really. It's just about what are the critters offering me now? What are they doing inside? Yeah. Now, if I hear a bull that's going off and he's got a whole bunch of satellite bulls around him, then I'm going to go scenario and I'm going to create my own party, my own rut fest, and I'm going to be a bull with cows moving away from that group up onto a ridge just like they do and try to pull those satellites away from that one bull that's screaming. That's how we pulled the one to Gilbert. And then I end up doing what we call a cow pickle. As we're moving up, I start coming back to that bull that was bugling as a lost cow going back, and that bull just came right up the hill to us. I mean, jumped the fence, came up the hill, 200 yards to us. So Yeah, but he come from three-quarters of a mile yeah, away. He came from a long way. Yeah. I mean, a long way off. And uh, it was one of the most awesome displays of calling I've seen in my in my life. I mean, to call him from that far. And then he went to a wallow before he came towards the fence and wallowed and then jumped the fence and then stood there for eight minutes looking at us straight on, you know, at 35 yards. And uh Joe finally got him to, he was so confused, man. He was like, I know there's elk up here, man. I heard it, you know, and uh he was so confused. But the, but the most important part of that kill was where we were set up. We were set up yeah. where he had to actually come up over the hill to see us to a stop and scan spot that was within 35 yards. So yeah. that, the that setup was, was key, huh? Yeah. The setup, the setup is key, was man. Key. I think so many of you guys, man, I think so many of you are in situations where you can kill more elk just by really thinking about your setup, setup. by being in a position where that animal can't see you until he's in your killing range, whether that's with vegetation, whether it's with using the side of a hill up or down into a hill. So they got to come over down to you and you're within that range. You just got to think about that. If you're far enough from where that rise is and you hear a bull up on top of a mesa and you're a hundred yards from where that rise drops down, you've just killed yourself because that bull is going to come to that top, especially if you're hunting the Gila, man. A lot of those areas where those tall pines and there's a lot of open underneath, he's going to come over the top and he's going to look down there and he should see an elk and he doesn't and he's done. You should have been where that bull, when he came to the rise, he was already within your shooting range. Okay. So that's, that's just something to think about. Yeah. You know, even with Troy's question and in, in, in this question, it was early, I think it was the 6th when I killed my giant bull. It was early, the elk had kind of shut up, and then we got into them. And Joe and RC, or Joe and the boys and Tucker were coming up from behind us, and it was me and Chav. We actually heard these bulls blowing up on this far ridge. So we just beat feet as hard as we could go to them, got right in the middle of them, and literally we know there was about 30 cows and 
I don't, I called in, we called in seven bulls that morning, right? And, uh, ju- I was going to kill a cow. Cow walked in at 12 yards. I draw my bow. Uh, but it is absolutely going bonkers. You can ask, wasn't it, Chav? Just oh, yeah. you know, sounding off everywhere. You were hearing cow talk and that was a crazy morning. It was yeah. unbelievable, but it had been so silent before that, right? Yes. We didn't have a whole lot of things talking, and all of a sudden they just – and it is off a main well, it was, It's for you guys because, I mean, we were chasing them from behind all the way from, like, the moment we started in the morning. Right. We were just right, right behind and chasing them all the way up, and you guys there to intersect them on the top of the mountain. We did, And we were completely unaware of it. And look, these were all really mature bulls, man. And they had a ton mm-hmm. of cows with them. I'm getting ready to kill this cow. Draw back. Chav's actually behind me. He's like, look, I can't, I can't shoot that far. You push on up there and get right in there. And if something gets between me and you, I'll take him. I got up there and this cow walks in. I draw on her and I happen to look up. Now, I'd been talking to the bulls, right? But they just seemed like they were on their own time moving with the cows. And we called that bull. I called to him. Cal called to him, and it just incensed him. He's like, look, girl, I'm right here. You know? And he stood there at 70 yards, kind of stumbled, and I sent it. And uh that was the biggest. But right after that, I called in two more bulls for Chab and his bow malfunction. He had a uh, his uh that riser... Um, your cable guard blew up off of his bow. Guard, yeah. yeah, and I mean, that bull was at eight yards. He draws on him and the arrow goes right underneath him. I'm like, oh, no. But the technique we used was because the bulls were pretty silent at the start, we just worked our way up in there in the middle of them. And that's were- a good point, though, that I want to bring up. Joe, that is one thing that does change is that I am expecting more bulls to come in silent there um at that time um just because of the nature early season you know a yeah. lot of them were going to come in to check things out especially because during that time I got to sometimes use scenarios to pull them into me that I'm going to actually act like a bull a lot of times that um I have a hot cow or I'm tending a cow and they're going to come in silent to check me out the the bull I killed this last season Never made a noise, man. And, you know, yeah. you know, Cody's Too with fast. me and Cody got to hear the scenario, man. It was just like a, a little breeding sequence that I was using, um, just trying to pull him in from their bedding area. The cow pulled the cow to, I'm mean, the bull to me because the cow heard what was going on and thought there was a better suitor than the age class bull that she was with. So she's coming to me and he's following, man. Nothing so better than a live decoy, baby. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and never made a sound, man. So I hope we answered your question, Joe. Yep. Now we also have we have some um we have some questions um concerning partner or solo calling guys too. See I have one here. It says um the question was who do you suggest should be the one to move? The caller or the shooter, if the elk is not approaching as planned, who should move? I guess, it, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a few variables in my opinion there, yo, Joe, and I, I think it depends of where the elk is at and then what our wind's doing. Yeah. What the wind is doing. And, and, uh, you know, I, if the, to me, if the elk is close and the shooter's already just got it set up and has got shooting lanes to me, at that point, the caller should be the one steering. Um, but if, but if the elk is far, 
I think you still need to make some, you know, have some ground to make, um, to try to get, you know, probably, you know, get as close as possible. It, and it depends on the, ex- it depends on the experience of the two guys. Yeah. Because, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. if, if the first, you know, if the shooter is a killer and understands things, and understands where they're at and how the elk is moving that they have to move in order to be able to kill that. Um, by all means, the shooter needs to move, but he needs to be able to move in a way that he's not giving himself up as well. But he has to definitely move to make sure that he's going to have the shooting lanes. My job as the caller is if I see, depending on my situation, you know, where I'm at, do I have an elevation I can get behind so that I can pull the bull? Like, for example, when Chav was set up with that big bull that I killed, I'm actually, and, and you got to think of it as, as an eye formation. I, you know, Chav's here, I'm behind him, and the bulls are directly in line, just like yeah. this. Well, what starts to happen is the bull starts to circle to actually get to the downwind side a little bit of chav because I'm back here. He's actually trying to get the downwind side of me, right? right? So what do I do when I realize that? I do what I call, you know, it's like a record, you know, yeah. I, I reverse pivot the way that he's coming. I try to get up further so that as he's coming, as he's doing that, now he's going to come back towards me more, right, and try to pull him by chap. So I just kept reversing around as he did. Now and that's what I did, meant by steering. Yeah. 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 And you can steer with your grunt tube too. I've done it. I've right. thrown calls in a direction sure. and and steered bulls, you know, if the bull starts to get off, because everybody talks about how well they pinpoint. Well, I've had too many elk that as they're coming into me start going away from him like, well, you didn't pinpoint me that good, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because of where you were throwing your bugles. Right. Your it's beca- it's yeah. because of where I was throwing my calls behind me. So he starts to think I'm in another spot. So what do I have to do? I have to turn my grunt tube and call in a different direction behind me right. to turn that booger. And you can steer them just like a boat, man. So that's, that's something to think about. For, for me, as far as moving, um, if the elk is not approaching as planned, which is what the question says, you got to make a decision, right, as the shooter. If he's not coming, then y'all need to have some coordinated hand signals. And, and, uh, to and sound signals, and, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sound signals that y'all need to press forward, right? And, and you know, you can call him to you, a little crow call. Ah, ah. I mean, he's going to come up there to you when he hears that and you're like look he's hung up let's keep pushing forward right it's super important for him to be able to see you so when you decide to move that's the worst thing in the world is for you decide to move and he doesn't know what you're doing right but look sometimes you got to move you see the bull walking in but in this scenario the bull is not approaching his plan so you want to get your collar and y'all go advance on the bull if you got everything set up right your wind is right your cover's right all of those things the bull's not approaching well i mean you can sit there all you want if he's not coming he ain't coming you're gonna have to go to him and be aggressive in your moving part of it, but there are a lot of variables in there that you got to consider before we we just you know march right in there on him. But um, you can't just sit back because they will if he's a uh, if he's just hanging hanging out with his cows and stuff. He's not he's not going to approach. So we have a good, question, good question here um, from Brandon Fields. 
Oh, Brandon, thank you for your question. Uh, so his question is, I am hunting in New Mexico, and I may be crazy, but it seems <laughs> that some of these elk spend an evening on top of the messes at night, then drop down in the morning and bed just off the rim into thick timber. What's the best way to get in on these elk? Well, if now he's saying in the morning they're just dropping off into the thick timber on the side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes the best thing, man, is there's a couple things that you can do. Number one is you can just leave them alone because they're going to come. If they're nobody that boogering, they're going to come back up the same way they went in, maybe within a hundred yards. So that's something that you can do there as well. Um, if your thermals, make sure your thermals are right. And I would actually drop down, get about the same level off about, depending on if it's real thick like that, I might be able to do it a hundred yards. So I'm going to get within a hundred yards where they're at in that thickness. And I'm going to make sure, first of all, I have the wind, I got the thermals and I'm going to then get in a position and it doesn't have to be a hundred yards. It could be 150 yards. He's going to hear you. All right, because if he's dropping off and bedding with his cows just off in that rim rock, he's going to be right down in there. I'm going to find where it's easy for him to get up and get to me. I could wait till he bed bugles or I can go ahead and just wait till it's the time that I think and I can start just doing a few things to get up the interest. What am I going to do? Man, I'm going to throw a couple of cow calls and I'm just going to leave it. Just going to throw a couple of cow calls and then I'm going to leave it. Remember, I have these elk now for hours He's bedded there. They're bedded there. Man, I've got a captured audience, so I just do that. And then I'm going to throw a few more out, and I'm going to throw them a few different directions back behind me. And when I say behind me, I mean away from where I think they're bedded. I'm doing it in the opposite direction because I want the elk to come by me. I don't want to call towards them. A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to call towards the elk because I want that elk to be able to hear me. Dude, they have radars up there, man. They hear you, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and throw that cow call back behind me. I'm leaving it. Then I'm going to try doing, man, just a little bit of raking. And if, especially if it's early season, if it's a little bit later season, I might even just throw in some moans, some grunts, some pants, just like that. And then I'm going to leave that. Just let him hear those noises that might signify that I'm a bull tending some cows in that area that possibly could be coming in. Glunks, man, little frustrated whines, raking, and you might even just get just a little bit of a, just a little bit of a bugle going in there. Just something that's like, and it's not a, it's not a topped out bugle. Give me a sec. Let me grab this here real quick. So it's going to be something that's just like. Just like that, man. Doesn't have to be anything, you know. I can just use something that's just real light and low vocal on that. So that's that's how I'm going to do it. Because I know, and that's exactly what I did when I killed the bull last year. I got me a raking stick. I had a raking tree to my back, breaking up. My image. I raked. Yeah. 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 Leave it. You know, a little bit of glunking, some low puffs, puffs and moans. Let it set. Go back to a second set of raking. It wasn't five minutes before that critter came into me. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, did he have a cow with him, Joe? The, the cow when was the one that came, that? actually. Right, in this, right, in this right. situation, yeah. you know, yeah. it, the, in the area that we were in, there was not a lot of bulls in that area. This bull had been running yeah. with this herd. There's not a lot of them. So it was a lower age class bull, and this cow was interested to find out what this other bull that's breeding this cow is doing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> his question about being on the Mesas, um, we actually, Luis and I got to hunt some of that Johnson Mesa country a few years back. And he's right, man. Those bulls would stay down in the bottom and feed in the mornings and then get up there to the side or the top of the mesas and kind of hang out. And, uh, we saw that quite a bit, but where they really liked to bed was on those north facing slopes where they had shade on the side of the mesas you know and they would bed there and when we were glassing we were actually rifle hunting we were actually glassing and we'd pick them up in their beds and they'd wait for them to come down off the mesa and uh there was one morning we chased a giant bull uh up the side of this mesa the wrong wind yeah we had had the wrong wind man (laughs) and uh, you know, God bless that guy. He tried to do his best job, but both Luis and I now know what we know now. And it was like, man, we're not going the right way. You know, <laughs> we we need to go around the other way. And he's like, no, 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 we'll beat him up the other side. Are you? Like, if we do, he's going to catch our win and this is over. And uh, it was over before it got started. It happened. But that's exactly how those bulls went. They went up the side of that mesa to the top, didn't they, Luis? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, same pattern. So that makes the countries different. Yeah. If we're going to the main content questions, sure. the next one up is how differently we how differently would you handle a bull on the other side of, of a large clearing or meadow when it comes to being with a partner or solo? Yeah, this. I think this is. We've done a lot of this already. A podcast on Absolutely, this. <laughs> yeah, man. you do a yeah. whole podcast on this setup. Yeah, because, and, and we'll just say it like this is number one, if you have a bull on the other side of a meadow, do not come to that edge, edge and start calling that bull because it's just like I said, remember everybody, elk want to confirm first visually. Elk are visual first. Okay. Auditory second nose is third. That's how they want to verify. So he's going to come out that other side and look and expect to see an elk on that other side. Now, you've got two choices if you're solo, either to be back some and then calling your calls back behind you and then moving up, or you got to get across that park to the other side. So that bull is going to have to come through that stuff to get to that park. It's going to come through it, and you're going to be on the same side as the bull. With a partner... We've done this. Manano and Luis and I have done this where they were on the edge of the park, but where was I? Yeah, way back up there way the, on the top of the ridge, oh, calling them off, pulling yeah. them out, pulling them yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. In, fact, them. in fact, I wasn't even using my diaphragm call. <laughs> I was using a borrowed call. A yes. borrowed call, yeah. Yes. And you kept it. It was a gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not a right. team he player. He tried giving man. it back. I'm like, no, man, you're good. 
I thought we were in a relationship. I sold you in some good (laughs) Weller, and it'd have been all right. (laughs) Knox, Knox, we'd have poured a little Weller on it. It'd have been okay. I don't mind spending another week, uh, you know, breaking sterilize it. If if you have a partner, you have a lot of different choices because if you have a partner, you can put your partner on the edge and you can get way back there, 200 yards, 250, and try to pull that critter, depending on what the topography is doing. You want to try to use an area that they're going to funnel to across and from in order to get to you, man. So that's something. Your partner's got to stay quiet if he's on that edge. He can't, he can't talk at all. Otherwise, they, when they pop out, they're going to be looking for mm. not only looking for where Joe's at, but they're going to be looking for where that that other your the hunter. If he decides, okay, well, I'm going to cow call while my guy's back there doing what he's doing, not a good idea, especially if he's on the edge. But and be ready because that bull is actually if that bull comes across that park, depending on how big it is, they're going to stop out there twenty yards or so, and they're going to do that to look into the trees. You know, they're going to check that it's safe before they go up into them, you know. So get ready. <laughs> yeah, if that bull comes bull. up, what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. If, if that bull comes and stops out there, it's going to continue to walk forward, right? It's just checking right now. And depending on where your caller's calling from, if you're over on the side and he's looking up, he's looking up, you know that bull's getting ready to come broadside, okay? Yeah. Yeah, like Tom Bull last year, he tried to leave twice. He he wasn't – we're in a big, huge opening in a little finger of a wood line we're set up in, and he's not seeing any elk. And he popped out there, you know, and left once. I called him back again, and this time he runs right out in the middle of this opening, and he's like – Man, I, I do not understand this. And he even made a circle, went around a circle with his head up in the air like he's getting ready to leave the ball game. And that little last little chuckle, <laughs> that did it, man. He was like, I got to go now. I got to find out. And he just come walking right into Tom's life at 40 yards. And that was it. But, man, it was so easy to blow that up because he had so much distance to look at it, right? So, but again, I was not calling at him. My bugle tube was behind me and he was thinking those elk were further back, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's why he had to keep coming. Yeah. No, Brandon, Brandon, I don't want to go down to the bottom, man, because if you're talking mm-hmm. midday, you got to deal with thermals. I want to be on the level of that animal to the downwind side if there is any breeze. So, Great you know, point. I'm actually going to enter from however that breeze. And understand, if you're coming from the top of a mesa, it's going to be different on the side than what it is on the top. So you better be ready for that. Now, if it's if it's hitting you on the side of the face and you've got the rim rock just like that, you can pretty much be sure that you're going to have the wind in your face when you come down. But, you know, you got to be careful if, like, you have the wind in your face because on the side of that hill, depending on how it's going, it could actually be hitting that high, that side, and working in a direction one way or the other. So you got to understand how that's moving, okay? But no, I wouldn't go down to the bottom. I would get on that critter's level and not, you know, I'd say 150, 200 yards, depending on how thick it is, and I would pick my setup, a place that they've got to come and find me, you know, and be in my killing shooting range when they come into me. All right. And hopefully I can hear him, especially if it's in the thick stuff, if they come in silent, because that bull could come in silent. But he might come over just to check you out because he already knows where his cows are. All right. But I wouldn't go down in the bottom because now you're asking for thermals to go up. Nano, you got a question, brother? Yes, sir. I got one here. 
Uh, is a solo hunter actually set up for a failure without someone to pull the elk by them? Is a solo hunter actually set up for failure without failure a partner? Without someone, without yeah, without someone to pull the elk by them? Absolutely not. Oh, no. depending on the no, they're not. on the calling skills they're of the solo hunter for failure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I w- agreed, agreed. Assuming that this solo hunter could call, uh, no, it's, uh, and you don't have to be super proficient either, man. Make a few sounds and it's going to get, you know, you're in the right place. It's going to get Western. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and sometimes being solo, when you're Astro, paired up a lot really of times like there's in that coordination, if you don't have the same mindset, there's a lot of crap yeah. that can happen in there to ruin a setup. But if I'm solo, it's just me, and I'm making decisions as I go, and I'm either going to blow it or I'm going to make it happen. But I can tell you this. I've killed of all the elk that I've called in there. I had one elk that Gilbert stopped for me one time uh, out there, but I've called in every elk solo, you know. Um, so it's been a great advantage for me. The only difference is is I've never called towards an animal when that animal's coming to me. I'm always throwing calls behind me. And – if you're a solo hunter and you're not using a flex tube where you can call and you can use your back and call in the trees behind you, you're already giving yourself a difficult time. Because if you're using a yeah. a big grunt tube, now look, it for partner calling, doesn't matter, man. As a partner calling, it doesn't matter what you're doing because you can do things like that. But as a solo, I got to be able to see my animal coming in. I got to be able to call looking at that animal and said stuff behind me without a whole bunch of movement. Much movement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not able to do that with a, you know, you can try to tuck that grunt tube down like this and you can try to do stuff like that. But when it comes time to shoot and stuff, unless you have something that works and you've got it worked out, um, I, Travis has a, uh, a smaller grunt tube that I think I might be able to do that. Um, but it's the whole coordination part of all the head movement and everything like that. That's why I say, you know, Travis and those guys travel in partners when they do that. And that's why I say it doesn't matter with that, man. You just want a good grunt tube that you can make some good sounds. And, and there's a lot of really awesome ones out there. I think sometimes guys try to get too loud, you know, they they hear how well some of those big tubes sound, and they do do a lot of volume. Well, that's great when you're trying to reach out, but if I'm doing a lot of volume and that critter's 200 yards away, and now I'm sending all that sound to them, that bull thinks I'm 80 yards further up towards them than what I am. Yeah. So to me, that's a disadvantage. That's just my feeling. Now, remember, this is my opinion. This is how I do it. There's a lot of guys out there that do it with other stuff, and they're very successful. So there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat, all right? Yeah, but 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 let me say this, though, man. Is it an advantage if you got two partners that n- know each other and know what's going on, and you got a good caller because – you know, as a guide, I usually end up with a lot of guys that don't have a lot of experience. Well, I'm going to set them up or tell them to set up. And when that, once they set up, then I'm going to move back from their setup because I see where they're at and I'm going to play that animal off of where that person is. They're not going to move a whole lot because they don't know to move a whole lot. So now as a caller and if I'm a good, efficient caller, I can steer that critter and bring them by them and they never know they exist. Uh, I'll tell you one, one hunt that I had that was, um, with a buddy of mine and I had him actually called the bull from 
the mountain on the other side, that that bull was a mile away, went to the bottom of the drainage, came back up to us. We're set up. There's a rise. I have him just about 20 yards from that rise, and I'm 100 yards up the hill, but it's so open, it called for that. I couldn't be close to him. I needed to be way up there, right? So I'm about 100 yards up the hill, and I have a Montana decoy. And all I did with that was I could hear that bull, and as soon as that bull topped out, what'd he do? He came to the stop and scan, and he looked up that hill. All I did was I just moved the butt of that decoy out just a little bit so he could see that butt with that little bit of movement. He sees me, sees that butt up there, starts bugling, walks by my hunter 10 yards over. You know, sometimes you just need a little butt, Joe. That's all yeah. you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Moral goodness. of the story. Moral of the story. Uh, uh, all right, man. So it's 930 and, uh, uh, it's been a night. We've got some, uh, got some Crazy. stuff we're going to do. It's been an awesome night, man. Let me, uh, bunch of winners. Bunch of winners. Yep. I'm going to read off those winners here. The sixth package was Jacob Duran. The fifth package was Cody Didier. The fourth package was Steve Hahn. The third package was George Ball. The second package was Albert Guy. The grand prize package winner was Kevin Doro. And the runner-up for that grand prize, in case something happens with Kevin, is Vince Martinez. So, Vince, you better be ready, buddy. Okay? Be ready, Vince. Be ready, boys. <laughs> Get it all ready to go. Joe, what an epic show tonight, man. This was one of our first ones we've done like this. We definitely had one last year, but it sure wasn't the magnitude of this. Mr. Steve Harrell can't thank him enough for all he's done for us. Can't wait to see that Drifter trailer, Elk Bros Edition, in camp this year with the Elk Bros. And, guys, if you love what we're doing here, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Heck, we're giving stuff away for people that do it. So go to Apple iTunes or Apple Podcast to review us, and you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. That's elkbros.com. And a reminder to all our listeners, if you'd like your questions answered on our show uh especially when we do these live ones we're going to have the hotline for sure but you can send your questions to info at elkbros.com that's i-n-f-o at elkbros.com and like we say here in the lone star state husbands kiss your wives wives kiss your husbands hug your babies keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry and we'll see you next week right here on blue collar elk hunting peace peace everybody Oh, and for and all our grinders out there, go ahead, Joe. I'm just going to say, man, uh, they can also call that number and leave a message on message. there for the show as well when we're not on a live show. All right? Absolutely. And for all our grinders out there, here's some more music from our brother, Tony Wintrip, to close out the show. The man didn't get to the top of the world. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> That's it. Here we go. Peace. Top of the world didn't fall there. He knew how to earn his keep with a wall there. He could look anyone in the eye, never was afraid of goodbye. His strength was unimaginable. 
darkest winter storm ever was above the norm. You gotta believe he's unstoppable. And if he'd never done it, he would tell you so. Never complain, it's the way life goes. A man on top of the world didn't fall there. You can see his veins through his t-shirt. Determination. 